Welcome to Games and Feelings, an advice show about playing games, being human, and dealing with the fact that those games will involve other humans. We are live here at PAX East. <laughs> See, you can hear, we're at PAX East. We're definitely not doing this in my basement, and I'm not lying to impress my mom. I am your host and question keeper, Eric Silver, and the video game impression I want to make on this microphone right now is a very loud Kirby, so please give me a second. Puyo! That was pretty, pretty cute. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. Puyo! It's hard. It's hard doing it loud and emoting as well. What we have uh, next to me on my right is independent content creator and marketing director for Necrosoft Games. It's Jenna Steber. Hi. Everybody. Hello. That's me. <laughs> Jenna, what's the video game impression you want to make on this microphone right now? Uh, I want to do it for the first time live. Here's my debut. It's so hard doing it through a mask because it's a very soft impression. Oh, sure. Let's get really far. Get it right up on there. This was a triumph. <laughs> I'm making a note here. Huge success. That's just, that's the vibe I want for the, the recording. It's so. haunting. <laughs> I'm haunted. Hauntingly accurate. Hauntingly accurate. <laughs> and on my left is writer and podcaster, the infamous Merit Kay. Can't be infamous. <laughs> <laughs> That was an editorial. Wow, yeah. yeah Editorializing. Bias, bias. Yeah, Merritt told me to call, call her the I didn't know such thing. No, no, I didn't. Merritt, uh, what is the video game impression you want to make on this microphone right now? <clears throat> okay, I'm going to pull this one out because someone did Snake Eater at karaoke last night. So, um, <clears throat> road work ahead. <laughs> I sure hope it does. <laughs> Really good. You, really good. <laughs> you've single-handedly saved fine. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this is incredible. Uh, I'm so happy to have the both of you here. I'm so happy that we get to do this in Boston. I'm going to make some sports references on behalf of both of you just to get it started. Larry Bird. Oh, that worked. That worked. It was so tep. It was so tepid. Marcus Smart. Are we? Do we like him still? No, they don't like Marcus Smart. Tom Brady? No, we're not about Tom Brady anymore. No. Yeah, screw that guy. He has just his weird Uggs. <laughs> That's why I don't like him. Well, how can you hate Nightshades so much that you were just like, you know what? I want to live forever. If I had to live forever, I would not be able to do it without tomatoes. And I don't want that. Do you know, do either of you know Sorry, what I'm what? talking about? No, no. Okay, okay. Here's, so see, here's the thing about games and feelings. It's about all types of games, including sports. Okay. So Tom Brady, you two know who he is, right? Is this I'm like familiar. a bit where we're supposed to cut you off at some point? No. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to check. He's the star <laughs> of 80 like, for Brady. He is the star yeah. of 80 for Brady. That's how I'm yeah. okay. And I'm a quarterback. So his whole thing is about like he has constructed his diet so that he can pretty much live forever and like be a football player forever. And one of which is <laughs> some people in the audience are groaning and they hate this. <laughs> <laughs> One of which is that he doesn't eat nightshades because he, like, told himself that, like, eating tomatoes is ruining his body. And the entire nightshade class. Again, I cannot name another nightshade. Eggplants. Eggplants. He won't eat eggplants either. Yeah. Because he thinks it's poisoning his body. And he wants Tomatoes. to live forever, and I don't want to live forever if I can't have heirloom tomatoes. 
Wow, but specifically heirloom? I think they're good. They're very good. <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. No, that yeah. was not meant to be, that was not shade night or otherwise against tomatoes. Nice. So Listen, <laughs> you can leave the terrible tomatoes that taste like absolutely nothing. I need those the really good tomatoes, and that's just sports. We did sports. <laughs> All right. So as we do every time that we're here on Games and Feelings, we always do a segment called Games That Are Giving Us Feelings. And this is our PAX East edition. So each of us are going to talk about one thing that we saw, one game we saw, and what adjective we would use to describe our feelings. Like it's a live journal post, you have to tell people what the, what the feeling you're having is. And we can't use quixotic because we already use that and no one really knows what that means. Do either of you have something, a game that is giving you feelings? I don't know any games. <laughs> What's a game? Yeah. Um, I played a game yesterday with my friend Lotus called Slay the Princess. Um, yeah, I've got some fans in the audience apparently. <laughs> uh, Slay the Princess got shooters. Um, it's a visual novel where you, uh, a podcast man tells you to kill a princess. He's very British. I think. Why is he a podcast man? He's from a podcast. The most evil That's kind of man. He's from a podcast. <laughs> he's. I think he's from the Magnus Archives. Okay. Um, so he's oh, like, okay. he's like, there is a princess in a cabin at the end of the road. You must kill her, or it will be the end of the world. And so you can sort of argue with him and be like, oh, I don't want to do that, or just like be like, all right. Yeah, that. And um, we did the latter and just got her and uh, <laughs> got got an ending that had been drawn by the programmer that was just like, good end, you did it. <laughs> it's like, I don't think we actually, it wasn't a good end, um, but it's like a time loop kind of thing where like this prince is like evil and there's different princesses. It's like a whole thing. Uh, it's mm. very cool. Um, so you should all go see it. And I guess, what is the feeling that I'm feeling about that? I'm curious about it. It seems like a very deep game that there's like a lot of like stuff going on there, mm. uh, not just stabbing people. For sure. Whenever I see something that's like using multiverses, uh, I feel like I always need to compare it to like, oh, am I just doing this so that Marvel can continue to make <laughs> movies forever? <laughs> or like, am I doing it because I'm very interested in multiverse theory and the way that they tell stories mm. on a scale of like, no Marvel movie never ends to like everything best picture winner, everything everywhere all at once. Where do we, where do you feel this? Feels, this it feels like a considered choice to do this. And I think the studio also does a lot of like meta stuff in their visual novels. So you have like, <laughs> like there's like a narrator, but then a hero, but then you're talking to both of them kind of. So Ooh. there's a lot of fun stuff. They're playing with the form. So it seems, you know, I wouldn't associate it with the works of Kevin Feige. <laughs> is it actually Feige? Oh, I've been saying it Feige? wrong. Is it Feige? I, I, man, I don't Feige know. Feige the Unstoppable or whatever. <laughs> he pulls out his gauntlet. Yeah. Be like, I am unstoppable. Look at all the all the content stones he has in his glove. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now I'm envisioning the content glove, and that's making me stressed out. All right, Jenna, what's a game that you've been playing? Uh, I've been trying to get out and play some games at PAX East, but I've been woefully bad at it. So I've only gotten to play two games. But I wanted to say one of the ones that I really liked was Rift of the Necrodancer. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're kind of like splitting off. They, I know they have another like mainstream Crypt of the Necrodancer. Is that the the Legend of Zelda one or like the regular one? That too, but they've got two, they've got ne two Necrodancer games. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. And I only got to play one. And I think it was Rift, but it might have been the other one. Uh, But it was really fun. But I think the the thing I feel about it is uh, ambition, because I did terrible (laughs) at the the gameplay segment that I had. Uh, Because it's sort of, it's Crypt of the Necrodancer, but like by way of Guitar Hero. Um, But with like some interesting, really fun mechanics mixed into it. If you haven't, if y'all in the audience haven't gotten a chance to play it yet, I do recommend it. It was fun and I was bad at it. (laughs) Is is that the feeling, bad at it? No, the feeling's ambition because I know I can get better. (laughs) If I just, if I go back, if I have more time, I can do it. I just, and I, yeah, that's how I feel. I can do it. I can do it, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so on one side we have Kevin Feige. <laughs> on one side we have Kevin Feige with his content glove, and the other is Jenna as one of those cats, like holding herself up. <laughs> like I can do it. <laughs> yeah, the famous tagline to those posters: "I can do it." <laughs> <laughs> the Powerade commercial where it's Jenna trying to play Rift of the Necrodance, <laughs> just like blue, weird blue neon sweat everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's just anxiety sweats, though. They come out bright neon green. Bright green. Someone will taste you. It's uh, it's lemon lime. Do not taste me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Do not. Sorry. That's on me. I should not have encouraged someone to taste you. That's I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, there are so many games I've, I've been able to play down on the expo floor, but the one that I've played the most, honestly, over PAX East is Super Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, come on, Eric. Come on. It's 2023. I know, and it's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so over at the Multitude table, we've been trying to figure out a way to get people to come over because we are kind of like Bandland where we are is very much like over in the corner of the lobby. Uh, so the way that we've been doing it is that people are challenging me, the game master, who's very good at games, obviously all the time, to play a, a GameCube classic. And we brought like Toadstool Tour, Mario Golf, Toadstool Tour. We brought Crazy Taxi. We got SSX Tricky, which I thought everyone loved. Everyone loves cool and extreme uh, snowboarding. Again, it is 2023. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> that's, what, that's, a new, that's another impression that I want to do. EA big. Uh, <laughs> that is the next. But every single person wants to play Super Smash Brothers Melee. Mm. I don't know if this is true. But some guys came over to us on Friday and were like, oh, you have Super Smash Brothers Melee? Uh, that's Shadow Band at PAX. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, you can't play it in the console room because uh, then too many people crowd around so they don't let you play it anymore. So like, you're kind of breaking the rules. And I'm like, do you want to listen to a podcast instead? <laughs> So (laughs) that was just absolutely wild. Honestly, the thing that I'm feeling is really accomplished because um, my mains are Luigi and Donkey Kong, which if anyone cares about the meta, is like in Melee is so bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Barrett, do you want to comment on my meta? I mean, I will say Luigi really easy to wave dash with, though. Yeah. I love Luigi in that. Yeah, and I know DK, the heavy characters, I love playing on Ultimate. I love playing the heavy characters, but it's just not viable in Melee. So on the fly, I learned how to play Link, and I started crushing. (laughs) My my record today was 50 and 23, 
which I think is pretty okay uh, because people also ran up on me and took out their GameCube controllers that, like, they had modded with their face on it. Locked and loaded in all the speed <laughs> holster. Holding up, they spun it, yeah, like they were oh McCree. Oh, God, yeah, you got, you got Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel. <laughs> That's what happened. I got sent to the Shadow Realm. It took <laughs> so long to get back. <laughs> but and so I honestly did really well and I feel really great that I learned a new character because I love the game I love Melee it's I have my original GameCube from when I got it in like I think 2000 or 2001 uh on Christmas when I, my wow. grandparents or like the Christmas rush when my grandparents uh picked it up for me in Erie Pennsylvania uh, and I got the black one because purple is for girls obviously <laughs> <laughs> And I still have like my original controllers, and it's just really, I, I it's been really fun to play with. So I feel accomplished. I really I do. I wish I still Can had I... my original GameCube. But what, what color was yours? I think it was purple. Hell yeah. Um, maybe silver. I forget. But um, but one fateful day in my senior year of high school, I took my GameCube and all of my games, and also my Dreamcast and all my games, to like a rickety little game store in the mall, and I was like, one <laughs> Xbox and Halo Two, please. Here's oh. all of this. I did have a really fun summer with my friends, but in retrospect, I was just like, oh, why? <laughs> That's like the real I life. I sold Mario and Sonic and all my friends. So <laughs> hang out with the Master Chief. <laughs> and the Master Chief is not that good of a friend. No. He's barely human in there. I know. I love that that's the equivalent of you, like, selling all of your belongings just to, like, party in, like, Ibiza for a summer. But you did that. With, <laughs> I did. I did it with Ayla, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Um, there was already a panel about how the GameCube is the best uh, console out of all of them uh, here at PAX, and I agree, and it was great. And everyone <laughs> should be really proud of me that I have my, my GameCube. Um, I think. <laughs> hey, great job! <laughs> great job! Okay, no, you don't have to feed into that. Yes, you That's do. Yes, you do. You're sweet. You're sweet audience. That's incredible. Um, I appreciate the support from you, Merritt, and I don't appreciate the hey. not support from you, Jenna. <laughs> Uh, but I actually have some questions here. Do we want to do some questions? Yes. Hell yeah. All right. These are real questions from real gamers, and we are touching on <laughs> and we are touching on all types of games, whether we're talking about video games, board games, tabletop RPGs, sports, and more, uh, because you can't have games uh, without feelings. So we're trying to figure out the middle of that. Uh, I also sometimes uh, people write in with them, but sometimes I come up with like fun advice names for these people. So if you two think of better advice names, also you can like add them on top of them if you want. Okay, okay. Yeah, like for example, this one is from Cool Merch Aunt. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of cute plushies here at PAX, and I have two very cute nibblings who would love some more stuffed animals. But my sister is not a gamer, so I feel weird bringing a present like, oh, this is Cerberus from Hades, the hit roguelike of 2020 and 2021. <laughs> It's kind of a weird example to give because it's a real thing. slightly predates Hades. Yeah, it, it existed for real in ancient Greece. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. They have three-headed dogs. That's true. It's like, no, this is from Fangamer. It's a website that makes, <laughs> that makes merch from video games. It's, you, know, you have to understand. Should I be worried that about whether or not this will pass their mom's sniff test? Or is the little guy just a little guy? 
So, do you think uh, it's are they okay bringing whatever plushies from PAX and giving it to their nibblings? Uh, I have a question. Sure. What's a nibbling? Because it sounds like a fantastical creature. <laughs> sounds like a little Star Wars guy that's like running around and like. Yeah. Do you want to do an impression of what a nibbling is? I'm a nibbling. <laughs> <laughs> JJ Abrams, uh, JJ just Abrams. furiously taking notes. Like, oh, oh, I'm going to put it in my, in my content gauntlet. Um, a nibbling is like for both a nephew and a niece. Oh, non, like, non, like non a gender. sibling. Yes, like a sibling. Oh, so my, I, I assume that from this, there's like both a niece and a nephew. Sure. So it's not like along gender lines or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. So what do we think? Yes, plushie. Yes, whatever. Plushies. No, you should have some tact. A little guy's a little guy. I always say that. A little guy's a little guy. I think if, if it's cute. It's your catchphrase. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Find me online. <laughs> I'm saying that all the time it's on the internet. I think a little guy's just a little guy. If it's a cute little guy, then I don't think it matters where it came from. I feel the same way about all of us. You know, I'm a cute little guy. It doesn't matter where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. What's true for every single one of you? What is the concern here? That like their their mother is going to be like, that's a gamer toy. <laughs> I won't have that filth in my house. <laughs> because I got, I, I mean, maybe. But. You know we're in the town that doesn't allow you to game or dance. <laughs> my, it's been banned here since 1952. <laughs> I still remember when we were allowed to game, but now it's, we haven't done it in so long. It's a town ordinance, yeah, until one bad boy comes into town one day and changes everything. Yes, and he has the Nintendo game Super Smash Brothers Melee with the controller ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) It's still Kevin Bacon. Um, My understanding from this is this person, as many people who write into Games and Feelings, are anxious that they're stepping on the toes of their sister Mm. by bringing something in. They're like, this is weird, or starting making a problem. And, you know, these plushies are... Well-priced because uh, people make them and it's important to pay artists, but also not inexpensive uh, if they're going to go out on the floor and buy them. I think they should double down. I think they should double down and get the most video game, video game character that they can find. And I think that would be a plush Master Chief. (laughs) (laughs) If they can find that on the merch floor, I think that is the one. It just kind of explain the character's backstory, too. Like, yeah. So what you have to understand, this is your new friend, Master Chief, and he was ripped from his family at a young age yeah. and subjected to a government process <laughs> where he was genetically enhanced. And also, yeah. the suit does maybe do some stuff with his Don't worry. Situation. We clarified the lore. We know that his suit doesn't jerk him off, so well, okay. you don't have to worry about exposing <laughs> your children to that kind of ideology. It's been disproven. <laughs> Snopes got on that one and they were like, no, false. I would like to introduce, I have a, something called a joke in here, which is a coin that has uh, a joke on it that we use on Join the Party. And I'm just going to slide, I want to slide a joke into each of you for this riff. It's very good. Uh, I think it does go to merit because you did jo- you did riff last. But okay. we can, we'll share the joke in as the show goes on. Okay. So you currently have the joke in. Um, well, that's because because I'm the Joker. That's true. So. Yeah, you can't see, yeah. but Merit has painted her face white. I have this huge scar, but the mask covers it. So, yeah. Merit, how did you get those scars? <laughs> <laughs> I was playing Super Smash Brothers Metroid or Melee one day. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Metroid. It has been a long weekend. That sounds great. Um, okay. <laughs> 
what would the best Master Chief plushie be of his body? Like, is it just sh- shoulders up? Is it just what? head? What, is it? what are you talking what? about? <laughs> it's a, a plushie bust? A bust of a, a plush bust? <laughs> like a Greek no. statuary yes, plush? Yes. That's not a thing, Eric. You flip it open and there's a button and it opens oh, and the library. Oh, and you go into the Batcave, right? Yeah, okay, goes the okay. Yeah, like the, the plush mounted moose heads that you see sometimes. Mm. But yes. it is Master Chief. Yes. Like I just you didn't... killed, hunted, and killed Master yes. Chief? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be less appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the Covenant wanted, right? They wanted to mount Master Chief, right? Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) His suit Uh, doesn't do that. Are we still doing phrasing or? The suit doesn't do that. Uh, I think, yeah, I think the compromise is that we, uh, you give them the Master Chief plushie and then you give them like five books and the TV Mm. show to watch as well. Mm -hmm. Homework. Yeah. yeah. Turn the plushie into homework. <laughs> that's, that's it. Oh, no. No, the audience hates that. No, I'm not doing that. Okay, you're right. You're right. So question askers just overthinking this, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it's fine. Probably. Okay. Can we just say that to all the questions? Because that will make this a lot faster. <laughs> I don't think that feels like cheating. Just like the worst advice column. Just like, hey, get away. Stop. Hey, Hey, chillax. stop it. Hey, hey, cool. Why are you so anxious? Stop. It'll be okay. Stop it. Just stop. Don't be anxious anymore. Would you like being anxious? But stop. It's easy. Just don't do it. That is like the intellectual advice of have you tried getting good? You should just get good. Yeah, get good. That's the gamer advice column. Yeah. Skill issue. But have you, though? (laughs) I don't know why you're nervous. It's a skill issue. (laughs) Hey, it's Eric. And I picked up some snacks for games and feelings. I got you a chicken sandwich that you need to shove in your mouth as fast as possible so you can get back out on the convention floor. I had so much fun at PAX East. I got to play a ton of Super Smash Bros. I got to see a bunch of new games. I got to meet a bunch of people who I hadn't seen in person. Hi to Andy and Luke and Jenna and Merritt. It's wonderful. And uh, listen, going to... Packs and going to conventions takes money. We get some stuff for free because we, you know, perform there and do stuff. But so we got to get there and we have to get housing and everything. But the only way we're able to do that is with your direct support that you can give us at patreon.com slash games and feelings. A lot of you are supporting us. We are still strong, but I would love it if we kept growing. But shout out to new patron Lada Bartova. Tell more friends, tell more people, you know, like we we're still shooting for a hundred so I can go to the UK and bother Jasper, but we got to make sure that this show can like stand up on its own and everyone is enjoying the wonderful Patreon content that we get from the replay. Uh, We're like at uh, a bunch of episodes at this point. I just want your support at patreon.com. Think about doing ad free episodes as well. If that's something you want and might make you join up, please let me know. And uh, shout out to producer level patrons, Polly Burge, Kelsey Duffy, and Megan Moon, who will hold your spot in line if you have to go to the bathroom and there's a really long line for you to play like Mario Kart 12. Wahoo, it's so fast. 
you know that Games and Feelings is a part of the Multitude Podcast Collective, but Multitude is not just a place where a bunch of podcasters can hang out. No, no. We also provide education, which you might like with the Multitude Podcast Extension School. Now, people might say that podcasting is easy, but no one actually describes how to get going and avoid the complicated pitfalls that might stall the project. That's why Multitude offers classes for podcasters by podcasters. Over the course of four weeks, you'll learn from weekly instruction, hands-on homework, and lots of valuable feedback from your instructors and classmates in our online classroom. Can't commit to a whole class? The Multitude Extension School now is offering comprehensive one-day seminars. If you like to learn, if you want to learn more about podcasting, go check out the dates, curriculum, and technical details. Or just sign up. Give us your money and sign up by going to multitude.productions slash classes. That's multitude.productions slash classes. Or check out the various social media posts that we've been making about this over on the Multitude Instagram and Twitter. We are sponsored today by Shaker and Spoon. Games and Feeling Shaker and Spoon. Games and Feeling Shaker and Spoon. Games and Feeling Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is a subscription cocktail service that helps you learn how to make handcrafted cocktails right at home. Every box comes with enough ingredients to make three different cocktail recipes developed by world-class mixologists. All you got to do is buy one bottle of that month's spirit and you have everything you need to make 12 whole drinks at home. At just $40 to $50 a month, plus the cost of the cocktail, that is so cost-effective to make interesting cocktails at home. And at any time, you can skip or cancel, so you can, like, only do the ones with brown liquor in them. That I mean, that's what I would do if I was you, using Shaker and Spoon. In fact, I have. Shaker and Spoon is right from Brooklyn, and I've used a ton of their boxes. I learned what Applejack was, thanks for Shaker and Spoon. So invite some friends over or just be the most interesting house guest of all time with your Shaker and Spoon box. Get $20 off your first box at shakerandspoon.com slash games and feelings. $20 off your first box, shakerandspoon.com slash games and feelings. And now, back to the live games show. <laughs> all right, let's go to another one that I think I know the answer to. Uh because both of you um, are in, well, Merritt explicitly is infamous on the internet, but um, I'm just this? kidding. I don't mean from? this. <laughs> you <laughs> this invite me out time. of your show, and then it's just the infamous thing. <laughs> just, we just keep doing This is the first time I met Merritt in person, and I'm really leaning into this joke, so I'm going to pull off of it. <laughs> How do I approach a content creator or person I know from the internet here in the real world? This is from Starstruck in Meat Space. Cool. I, this is a great question. Uh, my step one, I would say, is please do say hello, uh, because sometimes I see people in public and they make a face at me, and I don't know why. <laughs> and and it's hard to be like, well, is it because I got a weird haircut? <laughs> uh, is it because I got tattoos or something? Or is it because they know about the tweets that I do? <laughs> what is, can you explain the face? I'm wearing a, a mobile pop filter, so I can't. I can't. I can't make the face. No, can it, you explain the face? Yeah, yeah. Traditionally, an easy thing to do to use words to explain a facial expression. Okay, I'm moving on. Uh, right, no, moving no, on. no. It's 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 different every time, but it's it's so, sort of a, a like a squint, like um. Do I know your face? 
Mm. What do I do? I know you. It's that kind of vibe, but as a facial expression. Did that help? No, it does. It feels like, oh, you shouldn't be in this town. This is the town where we don't dance or game. Yeah. How did you get off my phone and into the meat world? Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so in my in my experience, I would prefer if somebody was just like, hello. Um, that being said, preferably not in the bathroom. <laughs> that, that's private time. <laughs> that, that's uh, nobody is anybody in the bathroom. We're all just people. <laughs> that's a, just a general flat recommendation. Yeah, I don't know, Merritt. Yeah, I mean, I don't just go up to him, tell him your whole life story. <laughs> just be like, hey, can I can I get a hug? Um, just like ask them to like sign parts of your body. These are all like just the good things you want to do with someone you don't know. You know? <laughs> just really get intimate with, force this kind of intimacy on them. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. People, I think anyone who does this stuff like likes being recognized. Yeah. And yeah, as long as you're like considerate and yeah. are, you know, say hi and are willing to sort of step away as soon as the interaction is. I think that is That's what, it, that yeah. is the thing mm. is the lingering when people and like because I've been in that situation too, like on the end of like hey and then and then just kind of like okay so okay but like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's tough. It can be tough for both parties, but I think just having an exit strategy of like oh it was nice to meet you. Okay, well have a good rest of your show. An and I'll see you later. That's an exit smart. strategy or a sign off line. Yeah. Yeah. Very helpful. Stay cool. Have a good summer. And then that's yeah. how we know. Yeah. <laughs> you say that. That's how I know. Okay. Interaction over. Yeah. Thank you. They, they write hags on whatever. You <laughs> yeah. That's a good yeah. One. They just say asshole list to me and then they leave. And I'm just like, wait. Oh, that was a deep yearbook cut. That was not, not a familiar. You never had that in your yearbooks? No. What's that? It's the, when you're like the last person to sign a yearbook, you would uh, put asshole list sign below. And then everybody who signed the yearbook before you, is retroactively on the <laughs> asshole list. <laughs> this is, wow. This is not a, Incredible okay. prank. I found a new fun St. Louis regional uh, thing from high school. <laughs> yeah, Games and Feelings is now a prank show. We got you. <laughs> Safe pranks to do at the end of the school year. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that people going up to people and telling them that their stuff means stuff to you is really important. Never think that someone doesn't want to hear that. I think no matter what, especially in the creative fields, because like you don't hear that. All you get is like YouTube comments that are filled with slurs. Like that's it. <laughs> so, and I think that just hearing it and like even the nice ones, uh, I was talking to someone who, who works in like a pretty prominent content company and like they still need to moderate their own YouTube comments. And like, first of all, it's wild that they still have a job in, in content at all right now. But like, they still have to do the lowest jobs possible. And it means seeing all the worst things about you, uh, especially like if your face is on it. So like, you, you really just tune out the good things and you have to concentrate on the bad things. So saying something nice in, in the real world is like the only thing to, I think, to mitigate like bad internet stuff it has to be combated with real world nice stuff. Like mm -hmm. nice stuff on the internet, I think sometimes does, can't cut it when you're really seeing all of it. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, it's so nice to hang out with you. You guys are so cool. <laughs> can I just linger and have you on a live show? <laughs> Is that okay? Can, we just, can I just linger here and we could just do this together? Yeah. Let's linger. <laughs> like the cranberries. Nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just let it linger like the cranberries. Hell yeah. Um... <laughs> That was Merritt's joke. Merritt's keeping the joke in. Merritt has it. 
Uh, incredible. All right, we have some questions here from the audience that I really want to share. Um, what is the best way to convince someone who doesn't want a GM that they should GM? This is really, really good. Uh, and I think it's a wonderful question because I think everyone is really scared of being a GM because they think it's like super hard and it's not. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> get good, God. Get good, folks. <laughs> I think I just want to say that like it's not hard. I do this professionally, and like I throw myself into it, and definitely work really hard at it. But the actual fact of it, once you're doing it, is like you're like running a game show, like you, or you're leading a class, or you're doing a presentation. It's not that different from that, and you've probably done it in your own life. So here's what you want to do. This is, this is, here's what I would recommend. So you should, first of all, GM for them. So have them come over to your place. Maybe a couple other people come with you. They have their characters are all built up and you're, you're there to set a good example. So you sit them down and uh, you say, okay, you go to the local tavern and there's a person there and that person comes up to your group and says, help me. I need help. I need one of you to become a GM for me. Uh, and then, and then once, they, once they conceive of it as a quest that they have to do in the game, and also they've already blocked out that night to play, they're kind of on the hook for it. Nice. <laughs> I think that's it, right? Trapping people in webs yes. <laughs> of fantasy. Yeah, that's the way to do it. It's that's like not great. only do you have to do it, you have to do it in character as the character you The character in. is GMing. Yeah, I exactly. I need help. My family is trapped in a dungeon, but a sub metaphorical dungeon to this dungeon. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, sorry, Gorgoth, no good at voices. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you five gold coin to GM for me. Yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. Now, I, is the, I've, I'm, because the question could go two ways, right? It could be, oh, I think this person will be really good at this, but like they're anxious or worried, mm -hmm. or it could just be like, I want my friend to GM for me, but like they're being a <laughs> real dick about it. Like, <laughs> they don't want to step up. And like, if it's the latter, then I don't know. That is, I guess, an issue sometimes, right? No one wants to do that. And like, I think you got to like, like buy pizza or something for like, or like if, if you're, if you're a player, you know, like bring food. If you're going somewhere, like thank this person who is like putting all this time because players like, you know, you show up and you're like, oh, I'm just going to, oh yeah, I stabbed the barkeep. <laughs> like, GM, like the GM wrote like a painstaking backstory for that character and they're just dead now. So like, please thank them for that. But also, um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where like no one is going to be as hard on you as you are on yourself. Hmm. Like I GM'd a game for the first time in like years last summer. And I was just like, oh my God, this sucks. This is so bad. And by the end of it, I, like every night my players were like, that was so much fun. <laughs> I was just like, I made up half of that on the spot. And they're sure. just like, oh, we don't know. And it's like, yeah, like you're, you're seeing behind the curtain, but other people aren't. Yeah. So. Yeah, and like helping out, I think if this is their first time GMing, maybe offering to co-GM with them. And then, I mean, because it's intimidating. You have to look at so many numbers. <laughs> and, and that can be really overwhelming because it's, it's hard to know if you've never GMed. It's hard to know what you need to plan or what, like, to what extent you need to build out your world or build out your characters or how to play to your strengths as somebody who wants to tell a story. 
And so I think that's really intimidating. So I think like sitting down and being like, okay, what kind of story would you like to tell? I can help you run this. I can be like your characters. And then uh, on, on the day that you do it, just do a really bad job so that, so that they, they are like, actually, actually, I'll do this on my own. Thank you. Actually, I don't need your help. So, so thank you so much. But no, <laughs> just, just like I do at home when I say, "Oh, I don't know how to unload the dishwasher. I'm so bad at." It. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and, and, and then my wife is like Eric, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> is that it? Is it? kind of that. I, Unfortunately, you it live is in also... Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I'm like, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> that was essentially my first experience in GMing is that I had a friend who was like, I'll help you GM. And then just like was really un horrible to work with. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. um, he just railroaded me and he never let me talk. And I didn't feel like at the end of it, I had actually done any GMing of my own. And so I was like, whatever, I don't need him. I'm just going to do it on my own. Mm. And that worked. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Trick them. Next. <laughs> this yeah. is a social engineering podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, that's pranks inherently goes to social engineering. Um, <laughs> the greatest hack of all time is just social engineering. Everyone knows this. Amanda literally says this to me on a constant basis. Like she says this to me, it's like we're going on an airplane and she's like looking on her on her phone to see if there's like any open seats. And then immediately like once the door closes, then we immediately hop to an open row that has like all of the seats open, no matter what our, our tickets are. And then she turns to me and she says, hacked it. Social engineering is the greatest hack of all. Wow. And I'm in Mitnick over here. And I don't say anything because I sit in a better row on the airplane and I'm really bad. And I've already convinced her that I'm bad at taking out the dishes from the dishwasher. Yeah. I'm just so bad at hacking airplane seats. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. If only someone would help me, Lois. <laughs> Do you think from people who spend time, I can't believe you made me do Family Guy twice up in fucking. Made you is a very strong way of describing. Okay, good point. Um, from, you're like you're just ready to go with that. I know. When do I get to do this? Yeah. Um, uh, I blame it's my Instagram feeds. I really blame that. Um, do you think that there's something about the fact? I mean, we all of us work in content creation that like the 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 gms who are out there on the videos and the podcasts are elevated to such oh, status yeah. that they can never yeah. no one can ever think that they're as good as this i know that we talk about like this is a trite example at this point but like when people say the matt mercer effect which is for those of you who don't know he is the uh dm of critical role which has taken over everything <laughs> at this point and like the the effect is like people your players have a worse time if they've watched critical role because they think all games are critical role and i wonder if that also is intimidating to gm they're like oh i gotta be like this person who i have seen on the internet and like they don't really talk about 
even if they have like a, a a series where like, oh, here's what I talk about, how I DM, or here's all my notes. Like the the thing that they consume, it's because it's a slick video or video production or podcast. It really all the creases get smoothed over, and it's like, oh, I'm perfect, and you have to be like this, or this is the assumption that someone makes. Even though actual play is the way that so many people get into it now, there's these wild expectations that like games have to be beautifully produced and edited, et cetera, or, or feel like they are. Was there a question there? Just like, do you, do you yeah. have you thought about this at all? Because like, I don't really know. This is just like something I'm, I've been noodling on, uh, which, which is the biggest like thing standing in the way. Like you said the thing about knowing notes, right? Like, or having, knowing all the numbers, like they don't know all the numbers. They look that shit up and <laughs> they cut it out. And then, yeah, they yeah, edit like, that they out. They just yeah. Google it. So yeah. like, I don't know. Like, do you think that like the way that people are, people have a, a wrong misconception of how games actually work because of the magic of editing and content creation? Yeah. I, it's a fair question. I mean, anecdotally, I have not had that experience, but I also, I feel like most of the people I, I, play role-playing games with uh, I've been playing role-playing games with them for like a decade so like our groups have long <laughs> long preceded any of those actual play podcasts so I don't feel like I have good context on that but also I don't know I mean there are probably some people who are like why don't you do all the voices like Matt Mercer professional voice <laughs> actor does I think that's that probably exists but like I think I think most people know that like the fast food chicken sandwich you see on the television is not the fast food chicken sandwich you will get when when you order the double down. Like it's, I don't think, I think, I think people more or less understand that this is a a produced experience. Mm. I hope. I hope. No, I hope too. I'm throwing it out there because I don't know. And if you tell me, no, Eric, stop it, then that's fine. I'm not going to say that. I don't know. Okay, fine. It's, it's going to be okay, though. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. True. Merit, as someone who doesn't do this, like, recorded, do you feel this way? Or, like, your friends in who are getting into this? I know you played Vampire the Masquerade. Like, there aren't really big shows that play that system. Do you feel like I you're kind of, like, released I think there's that? one. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. I don't watch any of that stuff. Because I started playing, like, when I was a tiny baby. And so, like, the idea that this is, like like stuff that people watch people do now i think i feel the same way about it as older people are like why would you watch someone play a video game like why would you watch someone role play i mean i kind of get it i've seen or like not seen i've listened to most of the first season of the adventure zone and so like you know when i was listening to that i was like oh geez wow this is really cool like there's music and stuff and like Mm. but yeah i mean it's not again i think players are typically just grateful if they're good players they'll be grateful that someone is gming at all yeah and if they're expecting that kind of stuff then chuck them they're like True. they'd be like yeah you do it like you want mu- you want music you want like all this like elaborate stuff then like then then you do it or help um play a collaborative system where you can do that but yeah i don't know i, I think probably most people will realize that that's not really realistic it's like that's like God. That's like the the porn of role playing. Yeah, True. yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it it's is, the double though. down. It's, of it's creating we're unrealistic the same standards. <laughs> people think it, people get educated. That's like the you know we don't have good role playing education in this country. So people <laughs> people see Matt Mercer doing his thing and they're like, well, that's what it's supposed to be like. And then they do it and they're like, wow. And then people have to cope with their 
I'm this bit is sort of no. I like it. No, <laughs> when I was in middle school, my gym teacher went on the front of the room and said, "If you if you play Dungeons and Dragons, you will die. You will die in a steam tunnel. Yes, under, Wait, under the he, university. Okay, but he didn't say because of D and D. Because I bad news. It's true. We're all gonna die. That's true. We're all going <laughs> to Christian <laughs> hell after this. If he's this, not yeah. arguing a causality, you can't say he's, he's wrong. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who's played D&D has died or yeah, will die. Or That's will true. Die, yeah. That's a good point. Well, I'm going to see you all in Christian hell after PAX East. We're going to do this after this. It's going to be great. Um, well, to that point, this is actually a really good question. What is the wing speed of a velo- okay. What is the wing speed velocity of a okay. coconut laden right. swallow? Okay. Or... Or, <laughs> what fun piece of pop culture do you always try to bring into your games? Oh, I have a really yeah. bad habit of putting Billy Joel into everything. Oh, oh my God, me too. Man. Right? I've, I'm writing a script, or I was working on a script, and we put several Billy Joel references in there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, some, a character opens up a pizza place called A Matter of Crust. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. TM, 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 TM. That's very good. Um, I also didn't realize that like Billy Joel like sprung out of like Long Island. And of course I knew that, right? But like then it didn't reach different parts of the United States because like of the way like radio worked in the 70s and 80s. Like obviously, duh. But it's like weird how like I make all these Billy Joel references and someone can look at me and be like, who are you talking about? Is that the Piano Man guy? I'm like, yeah, it's the Piano Man guy. How do you not think he's hilarious? <laughs> so yeah, I know it's like, it feels regional almost making Billy Joel references, but I truly cannot. Immediately, we're currently playing a campaign that is set in a world of plant and bug people. And the first thing I did was make a tavern and the piano player was Billy Joel, but he was a blueberry. <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. I truly couldn't stop myself. <laughs> Unfortunately, my answer is really similar because um, a lot of the people I play games with, we all of David Bowie. And so a lot of David Bowie characters appear in our games. I remember a very long running a game of Exalted. Anybody play Exalted? No, what's that? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> No one did anything. (laughs) Everyone looked mouth agape behind their masks. It's a white wolf like gods thing, right? You're gods. Something. Anyway, it's not important. Um, (laughs) uh, Like our our running main adversary in that game was the thin white duke. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was a lot of Zodiac-based stuff. So the character I was playing uh, had a, a beautiful glass bow called the Glass Spider of Mars, which is a twofer. If you're a big David Bowie fan, these are too deep a cuts to be getting much of a reaction. <laughs> um, we just love David Bowie. You can do an impression of the spiders from Mars on this microphone as, as per the beginning of the podcast. Oh, I like right now? If you want to. I'm... They played in left hand, <laughs> but took it too far. <laughs> Man, that's it. That's it. That's good. Became the lo- I don't know the rest of it. No, it's good. <laughs> See, the difference between our references is that like Bowie is very cool and Billy Joel is a big idiot. Hey, hey. I love I He love regularly you. crashes his boat in people's houses, but then pays them because he's a class act. Yeah. 
Also, <laughs> imagine how excited you would be if you lived on Long Island and Billy Joel crashed his boat in the back of your house. You would yeah. be like, it would be like the best day of your life. It would be. He's like, he's like the Tom Bombadil of Long Island. <laughs> I can't believe there's Billy Joel lore. Yeah. Oh, so much. He just has like a whole, in like a town in Long Island, he has like a whole building where he just like keeps his cars and motorcycles and you can just go see them. Like it's a show floor. Oh. There's a lot oh. of lore. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Listen, if you heard of a guy who showed up at Madison Square Garden and just like hung out for a while and then disappeared, you would get some lore. <laughs> That's, That's a cryptid almost. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so, like, I just feel like I'm just making jokes about it, but that actually, all that uh, Bowie references sound tight as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Salt, it's a good game. Check it out. It's good. Yeah. Mary, what about you? Do you have pop culture or other stuff that you put in? Uh, I'll sneak Canadian uh, references in there and no one gets it, so I can get Whoa. away with it. <laughs> and then eventually the someone will call me. I'm like, is this some Canadian bullshit that you're getting in here? This robotic talking TV named Snit? And I'm like, no, I made that up. It's definitely not from the zone on YTV in 1993. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you ever find yourself just like taking full plots from Degrassi and just shoving it? Yeah, in yeah. One of my characters got shot and he was in a wheelchair. It was like, a, and then like he sort of like left the game and started like a rap career. It was like a whole thing. He does like Deep House now. Yeah. Oh yeah, nice, nice, nice. Uh, I'm trying to think of another person from Degrassi, and it's just Drake. It's just in my mind right now. <laughs> was that not enough? No, I wish. I wish I could know. I love Degrassi. Degrassi is incredible. Um, okay, here's another question. Uh, what game mechanics have you seen that really encourages emotional exploration? Uh, I think that this game can be tabletop RPG. It can be video games, any particular game. Uh, well, do you two are thinking of that? If unless do you, either of you have something right off the bat? Because if nah. you don't, I, I've been uh, thinking about this nah. a lot. I've been thinking about this a lot, both in terms of the actual play stuff that I because I think about it a lot. Um, because it's mostly the thing that I do, is like, I think about how much people care about the actual mechanics that go into the game when they're recording the thing. If there are so many people right now are so attached just to the stories, which is great, because honestly, the game mechanics are just an engine to get tell a story, because you're not just doing long-form improv on a podcast, which sounds terrible. <laughs> you're playing this game ostensibly, but then a story comes out of it. And like, I don't know if there's any mechanics that encourage the emotional exploration or the emotional beats. It just, just so happens while you're doing the thing at the same time. And that's really hard for me to reckon with because I'm someone who loves mechanics. I love making people have fun doing games while also a story is happening. And I don't know if like I'm caring about something that no one else really cares about and the story, the reason why people like the show that I do is just like has nothing to do with the thing that I'm actually putting a lot of time and effort into it. So like I don't even know if mechanics are the thing that unleashes emotion, especially in something that like, I mean, for playing Dungeons and Dragons, I know there are plenty of tabletop RPG that's like use a token and then tell some trauma that happened in your life. So... So I so I don't know. I, I'm not sure in like the mainstream stuff. I'm not really even sure how to do this. Um, because like the only thing in mainstream video games is like, did you know being a dad changes things? <laughs> that seems to be the only thing that exists. So like I, I don't even know if mechanics is the thing that brings you there, either for video games or for um tabletop RPGs. I don't I don't know. 
Well, let me undercut that immediately by please. saying I, I thought of mine please, from another mine. obscure TTRPG. Uh, <laughs> is anybody here familiar with Burning Wheel? Yes. Hey, my dudes! Okay, so Burning Wheel is a, a very uh, complicated in certain ways, uh, simple in other ways, uh, but it's sort of a medieval setting, and it has really, really, really intricate... This is, what I'm going to say sounds like homework, but it's fun. <laughs> Where it has really intricate um, guidelines for how to do like conversational battles. And oh, sure. so uh, if you have a character that like, is, has a lot of points in oratory, you can commit battles. And basically, you will sit in silence. <laughs> And write out, write out your argument for a certain a certain thing, and you have different things like you can do like take an attack, or you could do like a volley, or you can lie or obfuscate, and so you have all these different like tactics that you can take in conversation. But in practice, when you're playing it, it's really fun because you have to think about okay, what would my character say to convince you, and what would I say to convince you, and what would your character be convinced by and what would you be convinced by and so it's it's a fun way of sort of parsing through and thinking about all these layers about yourself and your character and your friend who's playing against you and their character and sort of it, it's an interesting like mental and emotional prompt of thinking about how to communicate and convince and then you roll dice to bully them anyway because it's still a game because it's still a game and the dice still win but like you you can you can get bonuses basically for if you make a really good argument or a really cogent argument or a really mean insult or something like that. Uh, and so I think that's a, a way for a mechanic to sort of prompt introspection. Mm. Is that how you trap your friends into play, into GMing? That is like, I have written, I have spent 20 minutes writing an argument and now you have to do it. <laughs> that's how I get trapped. <laughs> that's how you trap me in a game all right we'll talk about our feelings in writing for a while <laughs> all right we're gonna pause this live show for 20 minutes while i write out a response to jenna <laughs> barrett what do you think uh well in the ghost dog tabletop role-playing game uh based on the film starring forrest whitaker which is a real game. <laughs> I'm not, this is not a joke. I'm just, and I don't, there's no mechanic from this. I just, when am I ever going to get to mention that this exists? Fair um, game. But it's real. <laughs> and it's spectacular. Um, no, um, God, I mean, there are like, there's some interesting ones in like, you know, everyone knows about the part by the apocalypse games these days, but like strings are interesting. The idea of like, Someone has a penalty because you have something on them, and until they fulfill that obligation, they're penalized. Yeah. Um, when I played Vampire the Masquerade for the first time in, like, really ever, because I think I tried to play it when I was, like, 13. And, <laughs> that is uh, the prime time at one, and it was, which one It was great, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I played that recently, there's the hunger mechanic where there's, like, always a chance that you're just going to flip out and, mm. like, and go beast mode on people. Same. Um, yeah. yeah. IRL, and then also IRL in the game, yeah. there is this whole mechanic. <laughs> the anger mechanic. Um, but that's interesting too because you're sort of grappling with like this like, oh, I got to talk to this person and get information from them. But like if I botch this role, I'm going to have to deal with the consequences of my actions of like ripping their head off or something. Hmm. Um, so it has some fun stuff and it balances those sort of like dynamics. That's cool as hell. 
Um, sorry, I, I kept thinking about Ghost Dog. <laughs> Look it up. It's real, but it, it's very expensive on eBay, but I would love to mm. own it. I've never even seen the movie. I just need a copy of this book. Mm. <laughs> it's huge. It's hardcover. <laughs> I have been thinking about the Avatar The Last Airbender uh, role-playing game recently. It's not... <laughs> this guy loves it. I was very annoyed by it because it felt like the whole book was like trying to justify how you can tell a story in a cartoon that's already done. Oh, so like Yeah, there's a lot uh, of that. So like the, the bows are already tied on it, so how are you going to like shove your stuff into like a sealed present already? I, I owned the Tenshi Moyo role-playing game when I was a kid. And it also had, I'd never seen the show. It also had summaries of the episodes and I was like, well, "How does this exist?" And uh, it was the first place that I ever saw an anime breast. So, so it was very exciting. Congratulations. Oh. And that gave you feelings? Well, I was just like, what? Is this a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> this is a cartoon. <laughs> um, so, uh, I was going to finish the thing, but I'm laughing about anime breast. So the point is, I'm wondering how much of the Ghost Dog RPG is just summary of Ghost Dog. I, it's, I think it's the same company, so like a considerable amount. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, we are running out of time here at Games and Feelings Live here at PAX East. We are loving the questions that you have all asked, uh, and we're very excited to get more of them. And if I'm definitely going to be outside as well if you want to ask more questions. And Jenna and Merritt can come if they want to. I don't want to put them on that at all. Uh, but before we end, do you have any just like general good advice to share with people just about uh, how to run their games? Just a, a final thing for people to end off on? Well, mine comes from a game I'm playing pretty regularly right now called Fallout 76. Um, thank you for not judging me. Uh, <laughs> There, there is some graffiti in one of the Wild West areas where you can do a quest, and it says, and I really take this to heart, be rootin', be tootin', but most of all, be kind. And I think that's something we can all take to heart. It's uh, really good. I mean, this isn't really funny. It's just like, yeah, actually advice for the first time that I've given it on the show. Oh, uh, Ghost Dog wasn't good ghost, enough advice. Well, that is good advice. Um, but uh, just embrace like the weird, like spur of the moment things because those are always the most memorable. Like in the vampire game that I did, I was like write a backstory for all these characters and stuff. And then, you know, at some point the characters just need to talk to some guy on the street. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, uh, his name is um, Doug the Vampire. <laughs> and, uh, and his whole thing is that he's like against the vampire like establishment and he's really into Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> And Doug the Vampire, like, immediately became a recurring character. Everyone's like, I need to know everything about him. So, yeah, just, like, be open to just the kind of random little happy accidents that happen. You know, we don't make mistakes in role-playing. We have happy little accidents, right? I love that. Uh, I would love to quote uh, the thing you see on the Wii, which tells you to go outside every <laughs> once in a while. For your, thank you so much for coming to Games and Feelings Live. If you don't know the show and you're just coming to this for fun, please check us out on wherever you get your podcasts. We are Games and Feelings. That's also where you find all of us on the internet. I am else underscore Silvero. Jenna is at the Jenna. And Merritt is at Merritt K, because infamous on the internet. Um, but yeah, uh, I hope you have a good day. And remember, 
There's nothing in the instruction manual about feelings. Get out of here. 